Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and friends. This is the co-host, Scott Schimmel. I'm here with Bob Goff. Hey, everybody. I hope it's been just a terrific week. It's been a kind of a crazy, busy one for me. So it was so fun to find a wide spot in the road to pull aside and talk to a friend. Well, Bob, we've been going through this framework of uh, dreaming big, declaring your big ambition, working through the process. And last month, we were talking about expecting setbacks. And it occurs to me, for most people, there's kind of two options when they have setbacks. One is just give up, like, oh, that's not going to work. Or the other one is just keep going. But I think there's actually a third option, and that's to actually allow those setbacks to inform why you're doing what you're doing, a, a chance to pause and reflect. Is this the right call? Is this the right thing that I'm up to? Yeah, you know, there's, uh, if you drive a car that's standard, not automatic, there's three pedals. <laughs> yeah. You got the gas, the brake, and the clutch. And so sometimes uh, it's just knowing which pedal to hit. Sometimes we hit a setback and we like, it's skid marks to a stop. And indeed, there are times in life where you just ought to stop doing whatever you're doing right. that's, that's right. creating problems. There's other times you just need to hit the gas and right. uh, keep moving forward and all that. You don't need to floor the gas and just burn rubber and make lots of noise and all that to deal with your uh, uh, insecurities. Um, but a third option and this idea of exp uh, sustaining belief is to just put the clutch in and to say, mm -hmm. hey, listen, I'm, I'm, it's time to change gears. And you remember uh, where I'm going, why I'm going there and how I'm going to get there. Yep. So this week we have on the show Priscilla Shire. Tell us about her. Oh, Priscilla's been a good friend for a long, long time. And one of the things that I've enjoyed about her, not only is for those of you that uh, may know her as an actress and uh, overcomer, the war room before that and others, um, she's also a brilliant author, many, many books. And but uh, overarching all of that, she's just a really kind soul. Uh, she is uh, a fierce in her faith. Um, she's got a, a delivery style that's just captivating. I've just mm -hmm. uh, sat drop jawed <laughs> yeah. listening to her. Yeah. Um, but she also has this beautiful side. I've just known uh, she and her family uh, at their home, just the way that they love each other is just really beautiful. And so um, I think you're really going to enjoy listening to a conversation with just a, a wonderful friend but just a good soul about mm. the idea of what do you do to sustain belief when it gets hard? So if you're in the middle of it, in the middle of pursuing your big dream, this is one of the conversations you're going to want to listen into. Welcome to the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and Priscilla Shire. Well, hey, Priscilla, it's so good to see you. Thank you for making time today. Are you kidding? I would always do anything I could to make time for you, Bob. Oh, and you have. I, one of the things I've enjoyed with our friendship, I was trying to think uh, today where we met, and I know we did an event together in London. And uh, was it before then or was it then that we connected? I forget you and Jerry. And that may have been, that, I don't know. That may have been the actual first time we saw each other face to face, but I already felt like we knew each other by that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Uh, and for those of you listening, if there are people that you want to be, uh, uh, in communication with, don't like put it on your list, like pick up the phone, send an email. I think that's what I did with you. I thought like, this is so silly that we don't know each other. And then we fixed it <laughs> easy enough. <laughs> and then it's been fun to do some adventures together. It's been fun to just 
get to know your family and to uh, to just be with you on home turf. And I think there'll be uh, plenty more uh, of those. Today, we're talking about this idea of sustaining belief. And for those just tuning in, we've talked about like, what's your uh, things you're anticipating? What's your absurd expectation? What's an opportunity that you're looking for where you have an ambition and then an opportunity comes up and you get the two together? It's like Reese's peanut butter cups. And then um, taking action on that. Don't just like think about it. Just like make a move today. Next step. Not all the steps. Next step. Expecting along the way there'll be setbacks. And I know Priscilla, you and I have both experienced setbacks. We've had things that have been uh, just gone horribly wrong. Sometimes it's a uh, small private failure, and sometimes it can be a bigger public one. I remember when I was uh, in like junior high, I went out for the baseball team and made it barely. So they put me in right field, and uh, and they said like say hey batter batter, and I did all of that. Uh, and then I just had to go to the bathroom in the worst way at the worst time possible, and just got I peed myself in right field and there's no hiding that in your that's why we love you bob we love you unlike yeah and so i'm that guy you know and it was so embarrassing in front of everybody you know it wasn't like i filled up the world series stance but it was all the people i knew like all nine of them and there was something horribly embarrassing in that but the idea of sustaining belief isn't to become less incontinent <laughs> it's actually to uh, believe that there's uh, there's more beyond that and it's hard in the moment to feel like when you've had either a private or public setback uh, to keep your eyes and that's that whole idea of faith so I would be interested from you in times of where you've had to like sustain belief in things, where you had something that didn't go quite go the way you're hoping, but you had you were looking towards the horizon. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, it, when you bring that up, it's like where do I begin? Because I think sometimes we look at people from afar who we maybe admire for whatever reason, and because their life is pictured to us on highlights on social media, we think there are no setbacks there. That they have just sort of smoothly ascended to whatever. Um, position they're in. But every leader or every person that I admire, when I delve into their life a little bit more, man, it's steeped with setbacks. And the best lessons I've ever learned have been from the setbacks. Um, and so one in particular that comes to my mind is in my early 20s, I, I, I wrote my first book when I was 24. I had no business writing a book at 24. But I remember <laughs> uh, Moody Publishers uh, the guy, you know, had heard me speak somewhere. I had just been sharing some some thoughts at that point um, to a small group of people. And he said, man, that would be great on paper. And so me, not a writer, I did not consider myself to be a writer at all. I wrote this book and it did pretty well. And people actually still read that little book from two decades ago. But the next one after that, I remember feeling like it was a message that was on my heart. I remember feeling really compelled to do it. And I wrote that book and you know the task, we've talked about it, Bob, before, the disciplined task that it takes to finish a book. Oh my goodness, it's completely overwhelming. But I felt compelled to do it. And yeah. I thought, man, this is gonna be a great message and, and it's gonna be a great read for people. And I did that book, I published it. And I mean, nobody read that book. <laughs> it, it went out of print so fast, I can't even see how fast it went. <laughs> stunned that it just 
did nothing. Nobody, nobody bought it all, but I didn't feel overwhelmed by discouragement. And I think the reason is what you're describing here and what we're talking about in this podcast, Bob, it's that that book, the success and whether or not people read that book or not, wasn't my agenda. My agenda was to write down this message that I felt compelled to write. And it's God's responsibility as to whether one person reads it or or five people read it or 10,000 people read it. So it didn't set me back because my hopes and significance weren't attached to whether or not that book sold millions or not. That wasn't even on my raid. I wasn't even thinking about that. So I think sometimes our setbacks and us throwing in the towel and giving up, it's specifically connected to the fact that we have our eyes more on the way we want other people to receive what we've done more than just feeling a sense of, uh, uh, you know, like divine approval. I've done what God's asked me to do, and then I'm going to leave the rest up to him. Yeah, and it's hard. Uh, It causes you to just check where are you getting your validation from? Like, is that, uh, am I getting it from the applause? Am I getting it from the the, uh, sources other than saying, I'm just going to bring what I've got to the feet of Jesus. And I think I've been guilty of bringing him my successes. And he actually says, I actually want your heart. Uh, And I can get your heart when you're vulnerable and you only get vulnerable when there's been a setback along the way, that it's a time to reflect and to be a little bit sad about things. Uh, And then there's these, uh, there's uh, two versions of us sometimes, and it's not that we're trying to be less than authentic, but uh, you and I are both pretty upbeat people. Like, (laughs) get both of us in the room and we're just ricocheting off of everything. But I get uh, get in front of uh, people and uh, without exception, uh, every time, even yesterday in Orlando, um, I thought, oh my goodness, I've got nothing to say. And, uh, and uh, it isn't because I've got a speech prepared or something, but I just think really what underlies that is that who would I be, and not a false humility, but just who in the world would I be to share with these amazing people in the room um, any thoughts? And that kind of a lie comes from some deeper origins and to do a little bit of work to figure out the return address on some of the lies that you've been speaking over yourself or others have spoken over you. Uh, and then to say, actually, I'm not going to give that uh, room. I'm not giving that airtime today. Um, I, I spoke at a, a place and there was somebody in advance that they were reaching up to the sky and then they were getting really small and reaching up to the sky this behind the curtain. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I mean, like, I know CPR and all that. And they said, no, I'm trying to get big. I'm like, oh heavens, <laughs> why? Like the whole idea is to just actually to make yourself smaller and smaller. And I think sometimes our setbacks help us do that, that, that we can tell you something that happened to me last year, Bob. So that the book thing I told you about was like nearly two decades ago. Um, but last year, um, just talking about the Lord grabbing your heart and just sort of reorienting your, your sense of identity and where you draw your significance last year, um, out of the blue, someone grabbed this 92nd clip out of a message that I had spoken three years ago. So at the time, I remember when it popped up in the media, I didn't even know what they were talking about. It had been so long ago, but they they kind of highlighted something that I had said where I had not been as articulate as I would have liked to have been. But man, a few media outlets grabbed that thing. And man, they started this story about what 
who I was based on this 90 second inarticulate clip. And I remember there was a certain group of people in specific that would have been very offended by this message. And man, I saw them spitting fire on Twitter at me, people who don't know me, who've never been connected to me at all, just spitting fire at me. And, and it was very hurtful, obviously, because it was not my heart to communicate that. Um, but of course, whatever the media says, people believe. Um, but on the flip side of it, what the Lord did through that was he showed me that I was far too concerned as to whether or not this group of people accepted me, that my reaction to this, my desire sort of scramble and hope I could smooth out that relationship, what it revealed in me was that there was some, some way that my heart was tethered to their approval and their acceptance of me. And so even though that, that situation was unfortunate, the Lord used it for was to shine spotlight on me and say, Priscilla, whether this group of people understands you or not, whether they approve of you or not, whether they applaud you or not, whether they accept you or not, are you okay just knowing that I've got your back, that, that I've validated you, that you're okay because I say you are, and just trust me with the rest. And so like you said, the Lord will oftentimes just allow setbacks, allow things that surprise you in your life um, in that way, just to reveal your heart, to, to show you what he already knows to be true about you so that you can now reorient your perspective again and go, Lord, I just want to honor you. And, um, and I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the rest to you. Yeah. There's a great verse that springs to mind. It's the Hebrews 11 one. It's the definition of faith, confidence in what you're hoping for and assurance in what you haven't seen yet. And I feel like that could describe every day of the week that ends in a Y for me. <laughs> Just confidence in what I'm hoping for. But part of uh, sustaining belief is to know what you're hoping for uh, and to start hoping for others what you're hoping for yourself, right? Just so I could do a quick little survey. What am I hoping for myself? A couple meaningful relationships uh, with some friends. Um, I'm not hoping, I'm not a big baseball guy. I know your boys play a lot of sports. Football's one of them. Are they in the baseball team too? Yeah, I traded that in for basketball, my second son. <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh, 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 there's a difference between being an umpire, calling balls and strikes on everybody, and being a base coach. And I think I don't want to be an umpire. I want to be a base coach. Tell people when to run and tell them when to be a better uh, idea to stay put. <laughs> and so if you... Great, that's great. Know what you're hoping for and have assurance in what you haven't seen yet. I remember as a parent, I was raising these two boys. Lindsay is like Mary Poppins with grenades. I mean, she's so kind and fearless and all that. But my boys weren't getting along a little bit. And I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, I must be such a horrible parent because this just is not working. And I'm like the love does guy. And <laughs> I'm hiding all sharp objects. And I realized as they got older, uh, they became best friends. All three of them just hang out nonstop. And, uh, and um, I remember at the time feeling like I'm doing such a bad job. And that would be that idea of sustaining belief. I know what I'm hoping for. I have assurance. I haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> I have assurance at some point that's going to get patched up. And so if you're listening and you have a stressed out relationship with a parent, maybe it'll be something going on in your family. Maybe there's a friend and a relationship's gotten um, uh, stressed to think what would be the next uh, humblest act for you to do? Uh, not the next correct one, the next humblest one. Has that happened to you before where you've had something that's felt strained? And then what did you do to overcome that? 
Yeah, well, even hearing you describe the whole parenting piece, I'm in the throes of that right now. I know we've talked about that before. I've told you and sweet Maria how some of the things that you guys did in your parenting has directly informed some of the choices that I've made in raising my own children. I've been so grateful for y'all's example for exactly the reason you're describing, that you're, you never said it perfect. You've just said that it's it was intentional and consistent. And what hope, what hope gives you um, or what looking towards the future and having that anticipation about your goals gives you is a desire to be consistent, not perfect, just consistent. You wanna keep putting one foot in front of the other when you're looking toward the end result. And that's that's the way it is with my boys right now, Bob. It's like, I'm looking at my teenage sons and man, sometimes they're making choices, even just in smaller things like the kind of music they're listening to or you know the kind of influences they're allowing. And I'm sort of looking at them going, who raised y'all? <laughs> who taught y'all this? I know you didn't get this from us, did you? Um, and man, it can so make you sort of look at yourself in the mirror and go, what kind of mother have I been that my boys are treating each other or others in this way? Um, but like you said, it's that whole thought that there's an expectation of the kind of men that I want them to become. So I'm not going to let myself get so discouraged with the daily or this month or this particular school year that was difficult. I'm, I'm working really hard in the throes of teenagerhood right now not to become so discouraged in some seasons that I don't just keep putting one foot in front of the other. What can I do to serve y'all today? How can I keep being consistent in the things that matter today? For me, one of those things is dinner time around the table. At least three days a week, we're gonna sit around that dinner table. And you know, half the time the boys have attitude problems because they'd rather be hanging with their friends and they hate what I cooked for dinner. So they're looking at it like, oh man, we have to eat this again. Um, and, and I've got to decide, am I just gonna be consistent and say, you know what? We're gonna sit at this table. We're, here are some conversation starters. Everybody's going to pick one and we're going to talk together. You know, I got boys, no girls. So getting yeah. them to talk is a, is a whole marathon um, race for me. Um, so I can either be discouraged by how difficult that is sometimes or just keep doing it. And like you said, just choosing even not with raising them, but even with Jerry, my husband, what is the next humblest act? How can I keep pressing forward? and not be so discouraged by certain ebbs and flows and valleys that I just give up and throw in the towel. Yeah, the, uh, uh, imagine if you were in a, uh, when you and Jerry were first getting to know each other and he takes you out on a date and then five minutes into it, he says like, so how am I doing? <laughs> You'd be like, well, okay, I guess, but like, yeah, let's just like get back to the conversation. And then a few minutes later, he says, so how am I doing? He'd be like, Dude, at some point, you need to just cut that loose. And I think sometimes what uh, people can do is keep asking God, like, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? And say, just enjoy me. Like, uh, there's no uh, scorecard that heaven is continuing to hold up to say, this is how you're doing. This is how you're doing. And so to just be a little bit easier on yourself, I think we can be really hard on ourselves as parents, as friends, as uh, other people, uh, sweet Maria says, uh, wonderfully all the time, like keep your eye on your own paper. Uh, and that's just such a great reminder me, like do your work. Uh, don't do everybody else's work, do your work. And if you know why you're doing what you're doing, if you have confidence in what you're hoping for assurance of what you haven't seen yet, that would be an example of how to sustain belief during some of those 
difficult times. I know uh, you have a uh, such a wide footprint in my life. You are I uh, sit at your feet. Uh, you are one of my teachers, uh, and uh, you've in, been involved in so many things. I know you have a new book that's come out. Tell us about that. I know it was a tedious process, but Radiant is out. Tell tell me how that's going. How that feels. What was the message you were trying to communicate to people? Yes. Well, there's a little film that came out in the last few weeks called Overcomer. Yeah, come on. <laughs> the theme of Overcomer is identity. The movie is all about getting the the viewer to obviously enjoy entertainment and enjoy the, the storyline of the film and the characters there. But the point was to get them to ask the hard question, who or what have I allowed to define me? Because if, if it's success or a title or the money or even your own health, you know, anything that can be taken away from you. If your significance is tied to that thing, then when that approval is gone or when that strength you were counting on is gone yeah. and you'll be crumbled because you you were connecting your whole identity to something that that, that varies. Um, but our identity, when it's rooted in Christ, it doesn't change even when our circumstances do. That was the point of the movie. And the main character is Hannah. She's a 15 year old girl. So we thought, man, what if there was a book that a younger woman, so, you know, high teens and 20s, maybe even 30s, man, I think it's for the young or the young at heart, because I think that there are many, many of us who are in our 40s and 50s that need a message on identity. Um, and so I wrote a book that was designed um, to pull out a lot of personal, um, you know, insights and stories from my own 20s and 30s, yeah. um, and even teenage years, some are funny, some are a little bit sad, but all of it the Lord used to kind of remind me that my identity needs to be tethered to who he says I am. And so it's a book about identity. It's a reminder from the scriptures about who you are and then practical lessons to remind you about how you can begin to make choices, choose relationships, determine the trajectory of your career path from a place that's rooted in truth instead of, like you said, giving the lies of the enemy any airtime and letting yourself make choices out of insecurity or fear or the need to, to find your significance in some group of people or in some person. It literally can change the course of your life when you start agreeing with God about who you are and making your practical everyday choices from that place. And bet, no better explanation than this idea of sustaining belief than to say, understand how God sees you. Uh, and if you've ever had someone that's taken your photograph, you'll notice that the person taking the picture is all smiles. <laughs> They're like, And just knowing that God looks at you and he's smiling. He may have some things that he needs to tune up in my life and yours, but he's not giving us the hairy eyeball all the time and uh, this approval, disapproval, and you don't need to run to him constantly. How am I doing now? Am I like, am I doing better? But uh, come to him constantly saying, this is what I'm hoping for, and I desperately need some assurance because uh, I haven't seen it just yet. And if we could come with humble hearts, uh, I think his promise is that he'll be there and he'll drop people in your lives like he dropped you and your beautiful family into ours uh, to remind us of just how good he is. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thanks for making time. Love to the family and uh, Overcomer. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> make it happen. Uh, there are many other resources that Priscilla has out there, but I'm just so proud of you and the, the way that you have loved uh, myself and my family well. You are a bright, bright light in our lives. Thank you, Priscilla. 
Thank you. I appreciate you so much, Bob. The most frequent questions we hear at Dream Big are actually really simple. The questions are this, how do I do it? How do I focus on my ambitions and bring them to life? How do I reorganize everything and move towards these dreams that are inside me? That's what Dream Big is all about. And we want to give you an actual resource that you can use so that you can move from your ideas and your ambitions to reality. So go to the link in the show notes, download a really simple workbook that you can use today. All right, Bob, that was a great conversation. One of the things that really stuck out to me, she said, beware when your heart is tethered to approval and applause. And I know for me, that's so tricky because in this pursuit of my big dreams, I want to get approval. I want to get applause. But she's saying, watch out for that. Yeah. Ever since uh, elementary school, it was like a fundraiser or something. I had a little thermometer mm -hmm. up on the wall. And then it just like, how close are we to getting yep, yep. to the goal? And so we're trained early on to have this measuring stick in what we do. And right. it can really get us off task because if we're constantly looking at the thermometer to say, you know, am I at this level now? Am I at this level? Yeah. Instead of say, I want to be faithful. Like that right. would put that in your thermometer and smoke yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Priscilla, that's what she's saying. There's a difference between being faithful and being successful. So beware and know what your mission is. And so to get your eye on the prize, like some mm -hmm. things that to say, I'm looking for God's approval in this thing. And that is in and out because I don't get, you know, my mood ring doesn't tell me how that's doing. Um, but you can get a little bit of a sense of inner peace to say, yeah. I'm actually feeling kind of peaceful right now. Even in the midst of some stormy seas, I go like, I'm actually feeling some peace. Yeah. That would be evidence yep. of having sustained belief. Right. Well, I love how she started out that conversation. She wrote a book that nobody read. But she didn't take that as, you're not an author, you're not yeah. talented, you don't have a message. She knew that her mission was to get the message out. Yeah, and as soon as we tie uh, who we are yes. to what we've accomplished, then you have a problem. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to accomplish things. Right. So try for those, swing for the fences. Uh, and then if it goes awry, to say, well, let's do less of that next time. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Is there something that for you, like like Priscilla, was there a book that you wrote before Love Does? Was there something that... Nobody read or no one listened to? Yes. I wrote a book called Finding Karishma. Oh. And uh, both copies. I didn't read it. <laughs> both copies are still in circulation somewhere. Um, the, the idea uh, of getting information out there um, is what prompted me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I realized uh, that people have all the information they need. Um, what they need is an inspiration. And so, yeah. and that comes from Matthew 13. If you know, you know where your inspiration comes from, why you're doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. It said Jesus never spoke to anybody without telling him a story. Mm. So I'm like, I just tell stories because that's yeah. what it says that he did. Uh, if you want mm. information, uh, go get Finding Karishma. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, we're still looking for the book. Um, but if you want uh, this idea of uh, saying, I want to uh, tell stories, then what we need to do mm. is be capturing stories as they come along. Yeah. Uh, stories in our own life to take a genuine interest as paul talked about timothy in the things that are happening mm. around you mm -hmm. so i'll give you an example if i'm speaking to people on the phone and i'm still getting a, about 100 calls a day mm -hmm. look i have a phone in my left hand i have a pin in my right hand mm. and uh and i'm thinking to myself what can i understand from this like, yeah. what can i learn what has been said and so living in that kind of anticipation, you'll find the stories in your lives and others. Right. Not to write a book about every time, 
but to be that engaged. That's yeah. what it looks like to live a noteworthy life. Not taking uh, uh, like a, a, a pause, but not right. that kind of noteworthy, but just so engaged you want to take notes on. Yeah. And what you're saying is your mission is not to tell people things, it's to invite them into a different story. Yeah, that's the whole idea. And uh, if you know why you're doing what you're doing, I write books and don't put Bible verses. Yeah. But that's, it's Matthew 16. It's mm-hmm. the Simon Peter moment. Like, who do you say mm-hmm. I am? And uh, Jesus said, flesh and blood doesn't reveal it to you, but the spirit. And just be like, what I'm doing is letting people live their life, enjoying these observations about their life, not criticizing their life. Right. Uh, and then trying to learn. Yeah. Well, this is an opportunity for you as you're listening in. If you've been hooked by the lack of applause, the lack of success as a sign that this is not what you should be doing, maybe this is your chance to take a step back, talk to a friend or two, and try to find again that very story that you're trying to get out. Yeah, some people think God's shaking his head, and <laughs> yeah. and he is. It's not in disapproval. He's <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is where it's about to get You're on to something. It's a page turner. Yes. Like, it's not there, but sustained belief. Yeah. So if you're listening, you are on to something. You are closer. So pay attention what the stories are and keep telling them. 